Welcome to Unbeatable Spirit, a safe place of thriving and healing for survivors of trauma and violence and their loved ones. I'm your host and fellow survivor, Jenny Bullington. Each week, we'll bring you stories from survivors and experts in the fields of healing and transformation as we accompany you on your healing journey. Please remember you can subscribe to this podcast, and if you'd be willing to share it or leave a review, we would love that. We want to reach as many people as we can and help everyone. You can also check out our website. It's at www.unbeatable-spirit.com. Let's get started, friends. Hi, guys. Jenny here with Unbeatable Spirit. I am just about to embark on a journey sharing with you about what it was like for me and my children to go through the criminal court process, getting our abuser convicted, what that all was like. Um, And I talk about different things that I did in my personal journey. I just wanted to preface this entire podcast by saying none of this constitutes legal advice. I'm very sorry about that. Um, Unfortunately, as much experience as I've had in both civil and criminal court with lawyers and advocates and investigators and, I mean, you name it, um, I can only share about my personal experiences. So keep in mind, none of this is legal advice. Thank you. Hey guys, it's Jenny Bullington here with Unbeatable Spirit. Um, I'm going to try something a little bit different this week. Uh, I've been uh, just overwhelmed with the amount of questions that I've been getting lately about what it's like to be involved in a criminal court proceeding. Um, What's it like to, as a survivor of trauma or violence, get your uh, abuser convicted or the perpetrator convicted? What, What does that all look like? What is that experience like? Um, And so I thought typically when I record a podcast or do a post, I like to, um, you know, have everything all written down and, you know, just have it all ready to go. But um, I thought I would just kind of hold this like a conversation as if I was actually talking to you. Um, So I thought what we could start with um, is what does it mean uh, to have criminal court or civil court? Um, I've been getting a lot of questions from readers who have read the book. Um, what what was that like for you? Uh, you know, this person in my life did X, Y, and Z and ended up getting uh, more custody than we thought they should have. And, um, you know, there's a lot of abuses that have gone on with survivors that have reached out to me Um you know, that I feel personally should have been handled in criminal court. But just even saying that word criminal and then the word court, it's really intimidating. Like, where do you even start? Because, you know, there's so much to it. And then also you have the added aspect of the abusive relationship and the cycle of abuse. And I thought that would be the perfect place to start. I'm just holding a conversation with you as if you were my brother or sister just sitting right in front of me. Um, Because we are, we're, you know, we're fellow survivors and that's what brings us to this work. And that's what brings us to um, this 
this point in our lives. So to start, I would say just having an awareness of the cycle of abuse. What does that mean? Well, as you can imagine, a cycle, right, is a circle. And so you'll have, you know, an incident of abuse, um, whether it's physical, um, financial, spiritual, whatever, um, because we know that domestic violence and abuse and child abuse is not just uh, physical. It can be any number of things, sexual included. Um, so you have this incident of violence, right? And you have this this occasion, this experience, this episode, I guess you could say. And, you know, then the abuser will, you know, travel along that cycle and, you know, they'll do their crocodile tears and they're so sorry and, you know, it'll never happen again and they love you so much and they love the kids so much and it's never going to happen again. Whatever. <laughs> A leopard never changes its spots, right? So, you have the outburst, the, I'm so sorry, you know, I'm apologizing. And then as you go along in the cycle, we call that the honeymoon period because um, whatever switch is flipped inside of them, the other one is now on. And, you know, this is where they can continue to manipulate you. They continue to gaslight you. They continue to do these negative things in your life to keep that power and control over you. Um, a lot of survivors have shared that they have been financially dependent on their abuser. That was the case for me, no control of any finances. And so during those honeymoon periods, you know, then, you know, you finally have grocery money. You finally are able to, um, hope and see that, uh, is this the real person? Is this, you know, you live, end up living for that. And for a lot of women, that's why they stayed in those relationships as long as they did. Um, in addition to the children and a, a number of factors, but we'll just, um, we'll go into that at a later date. So you have the honeymoon period where they're trying to make amends and it'll never happen again. And I'm so sorry. And look how good I am. I just bought you, you know, a caribou coffee or, you know, a dozen roses. Um, but that doesn't last. That never lasts. And so as the cycle of abuse continues, um, after the honeymoon period, their true colors start coming out again. Their disorders start coming out again. You know, just whatever you want to blame it on, the real them comes out again. It always does. And so they start ramping up. You know, the the arguments become more frequent, more intense, more um, over itty bitty little things. Um, you know, if it's a physical abuser, uh, you know, they might push you just to see if you're going to still put up with the way you've been treated. And slowly but surely, things ramp up, things ramp up, things ramp up until there's another violent outburst or there's another episode of whatever type of trauma or abuse. And so that cycle of abuse is really important to be aware of as a survivor of trauma, as a survivor of violence, of sexual assault, domestic violence, child abuse, whatever that cycle of abuse can apply to you spiritually as well. Um, and so when you are in the moment um, of that honeymoon period, uh, you're thinking, well, see, I can fix this person. Well, see, my prayers have been answered. I'm praying hard enough. I've been good enough. Maybe they really can change. Um, and that's typically not a, a period that you're in where you will report. Um, Typically, it's after the violent outburst or the episode, and then 
you are so afraid because if you go to the cops and you have a history of domestic violence, what are they going to do? Yeah, they might arrest him, put him a night in jail. Where is he coming back home to after he's out? Um, especially if you are financially dependent on this person, you have children with this person. Um, children are always used as a source of manipulation and control. Again, these perpetrators love power and control. And if they can't, you know, woo you through manipulation and gaslighting and buying you things, um, they will force that control and that power over you. And that comes through isolation. A lot of survivors are isolated from others, um, except the people pre-approved by their abuser. Um, we see that a lot in women who have escaped from churches and not just women, men as well, who escape from churches that really impose upon um, their believers with these uber strict, almost cult-like beliefs. So you've got all of this going on. Uh, you know, you've got the physical abuse, you've got the children, you've got the financial dependence, the spiritual aspect. Um, and again, you report them, uh, where are they coming back home to? I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, defense attorneys have a job <laughs> and their job is to smear as much mud and ruin your credibility to the judge as much as possible. That is a, a tactic that they will always use. And so their question will always be, why didn't you report? Um, well, I was afraid. You know, there's oftentimes death threats, the no one else to talk to, your phone is being monitored, you, you, every move is being monitored. And so there's a lot of considerations that go into that. But once you are finally able to leave that cycle of abuse and escape the perpetrator or the abuser's power and control over you, especially if you have children, um, then you're finally able to see with a clear mind oh, that was abuse. Oh, that was violence. We were living in survival mode. We were living in flight, fight, or freeze, just constantly hypervigilant in order to stay alive, in order to get through those parts of the cycle where there was violence, where there was abuse, until, you know, maybe they were drunk enough they could pass out at night. That was my personal experience. So, it's important to remember that when you're starting a criminal case um, and you're going to the police to file a police report, there is so much courage to get to that point. I mean, look at every single barrier that these survivors have had to overcome in order to finally go to the police and say, hey, this is what's going on. So just the fact that you build enough courage and you can break that cycle, break that control over you in order to be able to go report is huge. And so the first step is believing in yourself, knowing that you're worthy enough and you're worth living free of abuse. And you go and you make that police report. And then that starts a process. Um, so typically um, a lot of survivors will have you know, their pictures, their documents, their voicemails, um, 
text messages, screenshots, social media posts, social, social media messages. Those are all available to submit as evidence. So if you're listening to this and you're in a situation where you're trying to decide, do I leave? Do I go to the police? Do I file a police report? Is what's happening to me bad enough that I need to do that? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And not only that, save everything. Everything, every picture, every document, every email, every, you know, after I abused you, I email you an apology, please. I had many of those. Uh, so sorry. Really? Yeah, it happened again. It always happens again. So save everything. Take pictures of everything. Record everything. Um, there's apps that you can put on your phone, on your laptop. Even just go buy a device. But you are going to want to, in order to protect yourself and your, your children, you're going to need to do that. And so you'll take all of that to the police and you'll file a police report. And that really is what gets the process of a criminal case going. Um, they have a burden of proof then. Uh, no one is guilty until they've been proven to be guilty. We all know what perpetrators are really like. We all know what they really did and the ways that they lie and manipulate in order to make themselves seem like they're not what they are. And so again, that power and control wheel that just keeps going, but you will be subjected to investigations. And so the police will investigate, DHS will investigate, and there will likely be a forensic investigator if children are involved. And our personal experiences and what I shared about in the book was that we went through multiple times of reporting to DHS multiple times until we finally got two cases against our abuser on the Iowa DHS child abuse registry. And then um, that still wasn't enough. We had to go file a police report. And then the children and I had to be forensically interviewed. Um, the other witnesses to the crimes had to be interviewed by the police. And all of that is just so frightening. I mean, talk about you know, an amygdala response in your brain, you know, you, you are triggered if you're already a survivor. Um, or, you know, it's just so much anxiety and stress to go through that. And I'm, I'm saying that, but it's something that you have to do. You have to do it. You have to be willing to go through that um, in order to be able to get to that point where you can hopefully eventually get that conviction. And so, um, We've learned about the power and control wheel, the cycle of abuse, and then building up the courage to finally go file that police report, gathering as much evidence as you can, and then what to expect. Um, you, you know, again, the DHS, forensic interviewers, police interviews, um, you know, there, you will be asked by several different types of people and you'll have to tell your story over and over and over. And you just have to be in a place where you have to just keep telling yourself you're worth it. Your kids are worth it. You are worthy of being loved. You are worthy of living a whole and healthy and healed life. And you can't do that with your abuser, with that perpetrator. It's just not possible. 
And so, yes, it is exhausting. It is the most exhaustion I've ever felt having to constantly talk about what happened. Um, you know, and there might even be some counselors involved, but, um, I highly encourage counseling. I highly encourage working with advocates. Um, there's typically in, in criminal cases, a victim witness coordinator or a child advocate, um, even at, um, you know, women's shelters, um, domestic violence shelters, there are people there that that is their job. They, they're there to talk to you and be an advocate for you and help you through this. Um, you just need to take a breath, just like I just did. <laughs> My amygdala was stimulated by remembering, you know, just even talking about it, remembering everything that we went through. Um, and so you just have to brace yourself and tell yourself you're worth it. You're worthy to live loved. You're worthy to live free. And you, you just have to kind of buckle down and do it. And it's not fun, but the more you talk to these investigators, the more you talk to these people and they file their reports and whatever, the closer you get to a court hearing. And so the next step is once they've collected all their inter, uh, evidence and done all their interviews and they have met the burden of proof against the perpetrator, then they bring the case typically to the county attorney or the state attorney, depending on what level of crime and where it happened in jurisdiction, whatever. And um, then they present that case and then the state or the county bring charges against the person. And so we will cover what that part is like next episode. <laughs> um, but I, I am truly, truly hopeful that in me sharing my experiences, whether it's through the podcast, through my online postings on social media, um, Unbeatable Spirits on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, potentially YouTube next. I mean, if, if we're asking for videos, then I think I, I should start a YouTube. <laughs> and if that's the case, it'll be linked on my website, www.unbeatable-spirit.com. Um, but my, my deepest hope is that for people who are in a situation right now or are just emerging from a situation that was abusive, was traumatic, that they follow these steps, they follow ways to help heal. Um, not only do I share about my martial arts journey and how that helped bring about not just healing, but uh, that empowerment piece, knowing that no one will ever physically hurt me again. Um, but I also share the steps that I took to heal inside myself after living over a decade of many different types of abuse. Um, but I'm hoping that when I share about not just my civil case, but my criminal case against our abuser, that it will inspire more people to believe in themselves and rise up and take action and to report, report these crimes, um, report the assaults report. Um, it is the most frightening thing and it's, it sounds so exhausting and honestly it is, but you need to do it because here's why in my personal instance, if I hadn't gone to the police and started a criminal investigation against our abuser, 
I already knew that it was happening again. There was another woman with seven children who not only was she being assaulted and restrained and just abused by the same man, her children were as well. And uh, interestingly enough, it was actually when she reached out to me over the phone to both Brandon and I um, and told us everything that was going on. And she gave us all the pictures that she'd been taking of the abuse, not only with her children, but with my children. Um, that really was the last nail in the coffin to the police. And so if I wasn't brave enough to go forward with what happened to my children and file that police report and be willing to open myself up to DHS investigations, forensic investigations, police investigations. I mean, you could just, you know, you talk and talk and talk to all these different types of people and they all have a job to do and it makes sense. Um, some of it's redundant. I will say, I think that there's a lot of reform that could happen in the justice system, but that's a whole different podcast uh, topic. But if I hadn't done that, and if that woman who at the time was his girlfriend hadn't come forward, no doubt, no doubt that man would still be abusing women and children because that's just who they are. Like I said, they, a tiger doesn't change its stripes or whatever I said, you know, a leopard doesn't change its spots. However the phrase goes, um, you know, it, it's, it's something that nobody looks forward to, but you have to do it and you will get through it. You will get through it. You will emerge stronger. And when you finally see that case presented to the judge it is so freeing knowing that someone finally listened to you and you are finally going to get some form of justice, hopefully. Um, and so we will talk the next episode, um, you know, about what's it like when the case, when in our instance, it was the county attorney finally brought the case uh, to the judge against our abuser. Um, but what's it like when that finally happens and what happens to the survivor? What happens to uh, the victim, I always prefer the word survivor because um, <laughs> our abuser doesn't like it, but I'm still alive. <laughs> and um, so what is that like? Um, hopefully this is helpful. Uh, hopefully it's encouraging. I know it's a difficult topic to talk about. Uh, I know it's something that nobody wants to do. Nobody wants to have to be in that situation where they have to do that. Completely understandable, but it's worth it. It's worth it for you and your kids. And if you have any questions, please send me a message. Um, my email is jenny.unbeatablespirit at gmail.com. I also am very active over Facebook and Instagram, so you can shoot me a message over there. Just look up Unbeatable Spirit on those. And yeah, let me know if there's anything else that you want to know, any questions, any pieces that I haven't covered, and we will do that next. All right. Thanks, guys. Be well. Take care of yourself and God bless.